Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 2, Episode 25. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Walker, um, Mark is Head of Marketing and Communication um, at AbilityNet, um, and he's come on to talk to us today about the Tech for Good Awards. So um, thanks very much for joining us, Mark. Hi, Mark. Thank you. No, no problem. Brilliant. And can you just sort of take us through um, just a bit of background, really? Can you sort of start with AbilityNet and a little bit about what AbilityNet is and then and then how the, the Tech for Good Awards um, are part of all of that? Of course, yeah. So, well, um, we're, we're a UK charity. We're unique uh, in a couple of ways, we help people with any disability of any age, and uh, that's quite unique. Most charities tend to focus on one particular set of needs or, or condition, and, and we work across any disability um, type, uh, particularly across all age groups. And we, use, we help people use technology at home, at work, and in education to achieve their goals. So we help people find the right technology or adapt the technology that they've got um, to in, whether that's in the workplace or whether it's in uh, an education setting, particularly in higher education, work a lot with students at universities. Um, and we also have a network of volunteers who go into people's homes and provide support to disabled people and older people to enable them to use their computers uh, in the ways that they want. So very much about how technology can be used by people with disabilities and older people, um, and in particular, um, mainstream technology much more than specialist technology this big shift that's happened in the last few years really we're often showing people things that are built into the computers that they've already got um and a really good example of that that helps you understand what we do is that most computers these days that you buy off the shelf um, enable you to speak to them to control them so there, there are a number of reasons why you want them to do might want to do that um one person one person may not be able to see very well for example and finds it easier to speak to the screen rather than uh, finding the keys and, and tapping away. Some people may not have full use of their hands or their limbs um, for lots of different reasons, but for example, because of Parkinson's, it may, they may find it hard to hit the right key. Again, they could be speaking to, the, to, to their computer. Um, or somebody with dyslexia who's um, challenged in terms of doing spelling and comprehension when they're writing, they find it much easier to speak to the computer. Um, and use the built-in functionality. And in most um, technologies that are in front of people, there's probably something they can speak to, at least at the level of just dictating, which came free in the machine that they have. And so we work from that level up to very specialist and very um, highly bespoke technologies, but but mostly day-to-day technologies that help people out. So, so it really is just a question of, of informing people probably what they already have access to, but just aren't fully aware of how it works, I guess. Yes, I think so. Um, um, it's important to say that the different the setting is the, is the thing and the task that you're trying to achieve. So we do one-to-one assessments with people in the workplace because it very much depends on the nature of the space they're working in, uh, the tasks that they've been given, the, the nature of their role, um, the nature of their, their, their condition or the, or the disability or impairment may be that it's changing. Um, it, it could be that they have grown accustomed to using particular pieces of technology, but that new technology is now available and they want to know how to use that to make them more productive. So you're starting with what are you trying to do and how you're trying to do it, and then the technology is part of the answer. Um, 
in, in the sense of working with the individual. Oh, that's fantastic. So I guess for any teachers and, and schools listening, if if they um if they have um people with disability um actually going to visit your website or or getting in contact with you might actually be um a good place to support them because there may well be things that they can help to offer their their students that they may not have come aware of which actually would actually make their life much easier within their sort of school environment i think so um when we don't have a specialist school service um it's something that was being resourced because we're a charity it was something that's been resourced in the past that's not so heavily resourced now but we do have a huge amount of information about a whole range of technologies that can be used by people in all sorts of settings. We have a fact sheet, for example, all about dyslexia and some of the ways that technology can support people with dyslexia that I'm sure would be applicable to anybody of any age in any setting. Um, So that's the type of thing that's out there on our website that people may well find useful. Um, We also have a helpline, an 0800 number that people can call and ask for any help. we will either provide whatever help we can on the telephone or we may well signpost to another specialist provider if, if we can't help. So it's just a point of contact. Have a look on our website, see if there's stuff there that's of interest, or just give us a call, 0800 269 because we get these sorts of questions every day, and even if we don't offer that specialist service, we may well know somebody who does. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and just for those um, um, listening, don't worry too much about the numbers and websites and things. But, um, all, all all of those things I'll I'll have on the show notes. So you better go to educationonfire.com. Right. I, I was about to ask you about that. How much I need you to plug away? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, we'll we'll, ha- we'll have all, all those all those details will be on the show notes. They just have to go to the website. So that'll be absolutely fine. Um, and, right. and, and and what I like about that is the fact that. Um, especially in schools these days you know teachers they're so busy doing so many things that they don't have time to research a lot of these things so if you just have you know you hear about something which is a good point of reference like say even if it's just a conversation or a starting point which can then send you in the right direction then I think that's incredibly helpful so I I think uh, uh, all of those things will be will be very supportive for lots of lots of people listening in so thanks very much for that that's that's absolutely brilliant Well, I, I think then it leads on to the, the, the stuff to do with the Tech for Good Awards because I think um, it, it, very much what happens with the helpline and the work that we do is that people um, don't know that something's possible, hadn't understood before that this was what you could do with this. Um, it, it's really about learning and showing um, what you can do to people who then take away that lesson and maybe use it in a completely different context. Uh, something like the voice control stuff I've just mentioned um, we recommend that an awful lot, and yet I would say the majority of people don't realise how um, how much that's already available to them. And what we're trying to do with the awards is, is a very similar thing. Is a, a, a much broader level is saying, look at this amazing stuff that technology can do to make the world a better place. Um, look at these amazing people who are doing incredible things. Clearly, our winners are important. We want to celebrate their success. But a huge part of what we're doing is trying to connect people together and say, well, if this stuff works over here, maybe it'll work for you over here. Um, Did you know you could do this? And maybe you could use some of that in your own uh, context. There's a very broad church and a very top level picture is just looking at what can be done and celebrating the way in which it's uh, it's being used fantastic and and so the the awards are part of ability net it's your awards which have started and i believe yeah. they've been going for sort of six years or so now haven't they so um so how did they how did they get going what was sort of the inspiration for it well i think um i was working um in uh in a similar way to the way that ability net still works in you know in our own patch um, um but i could see that that technology in particular um was becoming hugely um, empowering across a whole different range of social 
um, sort of outcomes. And so we started connecting it with partners. Um, one organization that we've remained connected to uh, now called the Good Things Foundation. They run uh, community centers and uh, digital skills uh, programs across the UK, um, across a whole range of different adult groups and not just disabled people. And so we were working closely with them. Um, and there were uh, other organizations like the Media Trust who provide support to uh, the use of technology in the sense of media production and broadcasting. So we had relationships with people, but we didn't have any connection, any way of joining up what we were doing. And we were also closely working with BT, and BT uh, sort of jumped in with this really from the start and have helped shape it enormously over the last six years because they've given us a huge boost in terms of um, providing us with resources to host events when we run them. But they're also very interested in what we're doing. They, you know, they touch lots of different areas of people's lives in terms of their technology. And so they're very interested in sharing that knowledge and connecting into all sorts of different um, uses of technology. So that partnership has emerged out of that sort of picture, is what can we do amongst us to, sh to show the whole picture rather than just our own part? That's really the broad sort of idea. I see, and and so that you've got different categories, and um, and and so it's not just particularly for for schools because there's a category, as you said, related to BT, which is sort of for school age people, but also um, across the population and across society, really. So so just take us yeah. through a little bit of some of those different um, the different sections and different categories that people can be involved in, and then specifically how it sort of targets schools as well. Well, we have um, we anybody can enter from any type of organization it's not a charity thing it's not a business thing it's not a school thing it's not a government thing it's it's not an individual's thing it really is as broad as it can be um, people have to have a base in the UK um, we've had lots of interest from people entering outside the UK but we keep it currently within that although I'll come back in a minute to how that's changing but um, we were therefore looking across an incredible spread of organizations that may be using technology in ways that are interesting or benefiting other people. Um, businesses are, uh, may well be doing something innovative, which although there's a business benefit to them, has other community benefits. Um, we have Barclays was a winner. Um, you may remember when uh, they launched Talking Cash Machine. They ran some ads about them on the TV. Um, so cash machines that people who are blind could use securely. Um, now, that was a big breakthrough, and they worked closely with the RNIB to do that. And although they turned it into their own commercial benefit in terms of their advertising, actually it was a huge thing for disabled people that cash points could suddenly be used securely. So that's a really big picture thing. And then at the other end of the scale, we have a volunteer who won a couple of years ago, Rachel, who works as a volunteer within a school um, setting with children who are very severely uh, disabled in terms of learning disabilities and communication skills and she created um, what she calls musical custard which is a, um, a it's it's a bowl of custard with a computer sitting underneath it and the computer knows when you've stuck your finger in the in the custard and plays a tune <laughs> brilliant so it encouraged the children to communicate or simply to at least touch touch things one of the examples she gives is of a, of a child who previously wouldn't touch things and being fascinated by the idea of getting this tune going every time they put the finger in the custard and at the really sim most simple level just being encouraged to communicate through the use of this um, uh, computerized custard <laughs> that she created fantastic and, um, idea. I mean it was stunning and when you see her sort of demonstrate this you, it's so powerful um, and so simplistic in the sense of what, what it, how it's presented 
the technology is actually pretty clever that she's invented, but it's not presented that way. It's a bowl with some custard in it and yes. put your finger in it and some music plays. You know, and so you've got Barclays at one end and someone like Rachel at the other and all points in between, really. We have um, a digital... I'll just run briefly through the categories for this year to give you a sense of the scope of what we're doing. Um, an, an accessibility award, that's the one we have most association with. That's in terms of disabled people, um, using technology to change their lives. Uh, last year's winner has invented um, quite a techie thing, but a, a way in which um, in t interior navigation systems will share information to blind people through your smartphone. It's a whole platform for um, internal beacon systems. So when somebody's outside, they can use their phone and GPS to use Google Maps or something to navigate the space yeah. and it will talk to them. In, in, in indoor spaces, that doesn't work. And so they've created a parallel system, which has been piloted with the Transport for London um, underground network. Uh, so, you know, that's quite a significant technical um, uh, propo you know, pr proposition. They're, they're just breaking into the marketplace now and very interesting, exciting sort of opportunities there. Uh, we have uh, BT has a couple of awards this year. The BT Connected Society Award, which is looking at Good ideas that are bringing us closer together and making connections in communities, um, providing um, uh, you know new ideas that that may need a platform for growing. They're looking for that type of stuff. They also have a Young Pioneers Award, which is the one that crosses over with the schools. Um, so I'll come back to that one in a second. Uh, we have a Community Impact Award. Um, one of the first winners of that is a fish and chip shop in Stockport that started running cyber cafe and digital skills sessions. Uh, as part of um, the community activities in a, in a shopping precinct in Stockport and started really uh, investing in the community in terms of uh, community development and economic development and not just um, digital skills. Uh, there's a digital skills category. I would do actually a couple of the past winners have worked with school school aged children. One is Code Club, which provides volunteers into schools. Uh, the other is Apps for Good, which helps uh, Children learn how to develop apps with a social benefit. Um, we also have the uh, Tech Volunteer of the Year, the, the person I mentioned, um, Rachel, was the winner of that before. Um, and this year we have a new award, which is the Comic Relief Tech for Good for Africa Award, which is very exciting for us for two reasons. One is because we're working with Comic Relief, and they have a whole Tech for Good funding program, which is how we connected up with them. But they're comic relief, so for us, that's a massive household name, and you know all of the connections that we get from working with those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they also invest heavily in Africa, in terms of their resources that they, the charitable funding that they use, and they have a program within that around technology in Africa. So this is the first time that people can apply, uh, nominate themselves for that award from outside the UK. So they're connecting in with their international network of agencies to look at the best examples of how tech is helping people in sub-Saharan Africa. That's a, that's a new one for us this year. I don't quite know how that's going to change what we do, but that's stepping out into the big wide world. For us. And that's often it, isn't it? It's step by step and, and just and following your nose, isn't it? As things develop yeah. and opportunities arise, then you just, just go with it and see where it goes. And, and like I say, if it just suddenly opens up, you know, takes you from the UK into the rest of the world in Africa, then that's, um, that suddenly is a very exciting prospect. Yeah. Well, um, I think that the, you know, coming back round to the um, young pioneers and, and the, dis the sort of discussion about working with um, school age um, children, um, for us, that's, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge. It's difficult to reach people, to be honest. It's one of the reasons we're talking about it here, I think, is because it, it, very often people won't know 
from within the education networks that this sort of award is out there. But we found some fantastic examples of young people who are doing things in school settings. Um, last year's finalists included um, a group of young people who made an application, made an app. I think they're probably an apps for good, um, part of the apps for good program. They built an app uh, for people with dementia. There is a group of children who won, who were built, built something called eWaterPay, which is a, an SMS-based uh, micropayment system for water that's used in Africa. Now, actually, they could potentially win the Tech for Good for Africa award this year if they entered. So you can see the crossover there. Sure, yeah. And then Arnav, who, um, who I believe you've spoken to, and, and, uh, and it's just a fantastic example of, of uh, finding a, a young person who's really active and incredibly um, socially oriented in terms of his tech skills, he created a, an application called the Asthma Pi. He took a Raspberry Pi and turned it into an asthma diagnosis machine and offered all sorts of advice to people because he knew some people with asthma and he wanted to help them. Uh, but the way that he'd done it was fantastic and, and he's since gone on to look at developing a, a, his own dementia related uh, app I think was the last thing I heard from him yes that's absolutely right I, um, as, as you said I, I chatted to him yesterday and he's going to be um, he's going to be on the next episode so um, right. uh, look he's out for great that Ali. He, he is brilliant he, he you know he, he's part of what you're trying to do in Sense the Awards overall is you're trying to draw people like him into networks and give him connections and find people who are doing similar things for him to work with and vice versa um, and uh, you know although, although we celebrate our winners I think there's a huge part of what we're doing which is about networking connecting people up, joining them together. We, we put a lot of time into bringing people together and giving them the support that we can. BT in particular um, has provided some support. I think they arranged for the winners. The eWater Pay uh, crew went to EE and met the head of marketing there to talk about how they could be promoting their product via BT support. So, you know, lots of hands-on support and uh, sort of proactive um, extras that people can get once they're part of our network that really demonstrates what we're trying to achieve i think um, and and that's and that's really important and the one thing that i found um on on the educational file podcast i mean this is season two which is all tech and um and computing and and related things um but actually it's the community and the fact that it's not the technology per se which is the important thing it's actually been the people that i've met and the relationships that i've had and um and it's been interesting chatting to you today about it because we've actually had apps for good on as one of our featured things and we um we went to the awards and spoke to some of the children who developed some of the apps and it was their excitement and their enthusiasm and the support they had which was just changing their life you know the actual technology side in the building it's incredibly important but it, in lots of ways it was the tool which is enhancing their life far beyond the the tech itself and and so the two things do go hand in hand but as you say the community really is the of the the biggest thing and and we had um bt um chatting to us too about their barefoot project and um and yeah. all that all the all the uh, computer coding and, and related things especially to do with the curriculum and you know the curriculum is there it's, it's that spark it was just that kind of getting in there and realizing that a lot of these things we do understand already it's just a different way of talking about it but it's it's all of those people helping each other together which is actually just ma ma making the world a, um a better place really and, that, and i guess that's the key isn't it for everybody yeah i think i mean i think the tech has a huge um part to play in how we attract attention um I, my background is in community 
and communications generally and marketing for not-for-profits. Um, but I kind of got a little techie twist to my uh, interest. You know, I, I'm, I'm as much of a gadget boy as anybody else. So when you see some of this stuff, I'm, I'm thinking, for example, of a couple of years ago, there's um, the winner of the Accessibility Award was doing 3D printing of prosthetic limbs um, very cheaply, very quickly compared to the sort of previous marketplace. So they were bringing them in. They were not-for-profit organization bringing in a new way of printing 3D limbs. Now, despite all the other aspects of that story, what was amazing was seeing their 3D printer because it was just stunning how quickly it worked, how amazingly detailed and accurate it could be, how quickly they could prototype things. So the tech itself does have a key role to play because that's the enabler. But then, as you say, the real connection is with the people who are doing it and what they're doing and how they're doing it and how you can support them, how you can join things together, how the, you know, the, how the networks around them could support other people with similar goals and similar aims. Um, so, I, I, you know, you get a bit of both with this, I think. You get that nice community, slightly fluffier component, but you also get this tech. You get some really amazing tech coming through that people are creating and doing good things with that you wouldn't hear about otherwise. Absolutely, and and, and, and in lots of ways. This podcast is um, is testament to that in as much as um, the whole thing is tech-related, you know, with um, with it being in, internet-based and, and being able to download load it and, and listen to it at any point but the um the community side of it is just being able to share all these things which um without these outlets people wouldn't be able to hear and with teachers being so busy now and lots of things going on it's just it's the technology which is actually bringing people together and actually making the world a smaller place but also a, a much more useful yeah. place because it's much more targeted and actually people can listen to what they need to and get the information they need to in a much more useful way which they can then share with other people i, I think that goes right back to when you're asking about the origins of the awards is that you can see people operating in silos. Uh, silos is a slightly loaded term. Networks, you know, they're working in their own worlds and their own connections make sense for them, but they're very rarely stepping out of that into somebody else's world. And I think one of the big things that we try and do a lot on is to promote those connections. And the reason we have a number of awards across a whole range of different outcomes is because it's not just about education. It's not just about technology. It's not just about social outcomes. It's not just about young people or old people. It's about connecting up the organizations and people who are within those networks and trying to find ways of shining a light on what they're doing so that other people can see it and find their own routes into those networks. Um, and uh, the technology is fantastic for that, isn't it? The fact that you can go browsing through the internet and find all of this information and and, and, and equally, it's inspiring when you when you meet someone like Arnav, whose second nature is to use all of those tools, um, you know, seamlessly and in, a, in an amazingly um, sophisticated and very effective way. I, I think I think you were saying. I, I think I remember him saying he used Khan Academy to learn his programming skills. Yes, that's that's absolutely um, right. Yeah, you know, there's a whole there's a whole resource that didn't exist when I was at school. That's for sure. When I was doing my O level in 1981 in computer science i mean imagine if that had been there that's that's a completely different world isn't it and, it is uh, and and what's what's amazing about all of those things is the fact that they usually come out as Khan Academy did. It comes out of just trying to help somebody, you know. Either you know, I think it was it was his niece he was trying to give these videos to, just to sort of help out with a bit of homework. Um, and um, and in the same way as you know, some of the tech and some of the 
um, finalists of, of your awards have been the same. It's just that kind of, I, I knew someone who had asthma, so I was just trying to find a way to help. Or I was just trying to do this because there's someone that I know who needs a bit of support in this way. And and that yeah. was cer- certainly the case for the Apps for Good people as well. It, it came from a very personal, um, connected level. And the, the whole point is just to help other people and find ways to make life easier for people. And um, and I think that starting point is, a, is an incredibly um, important one because, you know, in, in the bigger sort of... Um, um, world out there where it's all about sort of doing things for profit you know actually just having a starting point where it's all about doing good rather than just what can we think we can sell or what we think we can market I think gives us gives us a really important sort of um, light and shade to, to um, products that are going to get developed in the future yes absolutely I, I mean I also think it's why it's interesting that we don't have a a boundary in terms of only working with not-for-profit organizations or people in the education sector or businesses or you know what, what we also have to be careful of is that, that we're not making judgments about where those innovations and benefits are going to come from because the technology has very often, you know, broken through those boundaries anyway. Yes. Um, I, I, funnily enough, I've just pulled up on Wikipedia. I didn't know this about Khan Academy. I've just pulled it up to see where they're based. They're based in Mountain View in California. Its revenue in 2014 was uh, $16 million. So although this is a not-for-profit <laughs> educational organization it's a significant business in its own right it's turning over several millions of dollars you know it's a huge scale and uh, i think the ways in which people are using technologies to do good is not constrained by the type of organization that they're part of or the ways in which they're delivering particular services to particular people and i think that's another thing that we try and you know emphasize as much as we can the bright ideas could come from anywhere and we're trying to connect the people together as much as yeah. So, 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 yeah exactly so they, they can the sort of fulfill the their sector. potential yeah yeah absolutely yeah sure. exactly and, yeah um, and that Khan Academy being a great example I mean that's the more I'm reading here you know that that is its purpose but it's it's got a whole business model there that makes it sustainable we one of the one of the we have a special award that we give each year um we gave um uh, two or three years ago we gave it to Jimmy Wales who's the creator of Wikipedia and um I don't know how much you know about Wikipedia, but it's an incredible resource and it's all volunteer driven. And there's a very, very small team of people who manage the tech. The huge majority of the content, like 99% of the content is produced and managed by volunteers. And the small percentage on top is the bits where it's most controversial, that they often pay somebody to moderate content right. where there is the most dispute generally. So that's an incredible, and they have, they have a goal to produce at least a million pieces of content in every language that has a certain number of native speakers. I can't remember what the number is now, but it's something like a couple of hundred thousand people. So for every language in which there is a couple of hundred thousand speakers, they're trying to produce a million pieces of content. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a global mission. And he accidentally created it because the thing he was doing before wasn't working. Yes. So he thought, well, if I, I can't keep it running, I wonder whether volunteers will do it for me. And uh, lo and behold, you know, that's 20 years later. Um, you've got a, this incredible resource which consistently comes out at least as, as sort of reliable and authoritative as sort of standard um, sort of educational resources. It's got, it's got gaps in it and it's got issues about how it's managed and presented. But, you know, it's an incredible thing to have at our fingertips. And and that's the thing, isn't it? it? Really, they really do sort of come unexpectedly sometimes because yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. something else hasn't worked. So therefore, we'll try this and then yeah, and see. Where I'm sure that's out. true in the classroom as well. I can you know I can imagine in terms of uh, teachers. Um, uh, we were both saying that we've got nine year old children. Um, 
you know, in primary school age education. And, and you can see that the happenstance and the accidental learning is, is as important as the structured curriculum oriented stuff in terms of not just technology, but any learning, you know, that you don't quite know where your child is going to pick up the next lesson from. Um, um, sadly, an awful lot of it at the moment is from it's probably from YouTube because that's about that's the main thing that he consumes. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's the first start. It's the first place to sort of, of call exactly. for anything, isn't it? But uh, but you're right. It's it's having that freedom and that understanding that you know it's not about. Um, it's not about failing it's about finding ways of doing whatever it is they want to do so as long as you've got an aim of what you're trying to achieve you just find out which way works and you may well go yeah. through many ways to get there but that's part of the process it's not about failing and, and being successful it's just about the process and I think that's a really key thing really key thing to do and I think the um, the awards and, and like say the community that builds with that I think that's such a great thing because it sort of emphasises the sense that you see so many people in so many different backgrounds and so many different resources um, and they've all been through that process and the more people you then connect with the more people you speak with the more you understand that that's that's part and parcel of the way the way life is and the and the way organizations grow and the, and the way ideas come through and um and then it's very exciting because you're on a win-win because you can't fail you can only succeed or you can just keep plodding along doing what you want to do and sooner or later whether it's the thing you were expecting to create or whether it's something like you say that comes slightly left field because what you were doing wasn't seen to be working um it gets you there in the end whatever that happens to be yeah and i i think that's why when you're sitting in the room with the the finalists being announced we do that in july this year uh, we've done that in july for the last six years so we have probably at that stage 30 each category probably has three or four finalists depending on how we've shortlisted them i think last year they all had four so there were 28 finalists to run through and they're all telling their story very briefly now they've been introduced from the stage and no more than a couple of three or four sentences each. Um, I know that because I have to write those as part <laughs> of the script. You know, you're trying to capture that moment for them, which differentiates, okay, we were trying to do this, and then we found we could do it this way. And it, it really captures that thing you've just said, I think, about how uh, where you're clear about what the problem is, but you're not necessarily sure where the solution is going to be. And the technology is, the, is, is a key to the change, but the change is that you're now doing something you weren't able to do before. Um, and those stories really come to life when you hear them sort of back to back over that two or three hours and you see the amazing sort of differences in the way people are doing things and what they're doing with all the different technologies around us. It's, it's so diverse and it's so fascinating simply because it's driven by them, not by the technology. Yeah, uh, it sounds fantastic. So so just, just to finish off then, um, anyone who's out there listening who who wants to get involved, that um, if they've got students they want to be part of, or the Young Pioneers um, side of it for, the, for their children, um, what are the things they need to know? Um, I guess, first of all, the, the website to go to, um, and then any idea of, of deadlines and things that need to be achieved in order to be part of this year's awards. Uh, so the first part of it is that all of the information is at techforgoodawards.com, tech, T-E-C-H, number four, goodawards.com. That's the homepage for the awards generally, and on there is an, uh, some information about how to enter. For this particular award, um, as with the others, you enter online. Probably um, from the point of view of involving the young people themselves, they can write this themselves, or you can nominate them and put their details in. And obviously in this area, we're obviously concerned about safety issues anyway so we might well ask an adult uh, to be involved in the process if the young people want to enter themselves we would still come back um, around to engage with either parents or uh, teachers if that was appropriate um, 
the young people are telling us the idea that they're working on. That's the point of the nominations process. So we'll ask them some questions about why, why are they doing it? What, what are they hoping to achieve? Um, why should they win? What, you know, what's particularly special or unique about what they're doing in their, in terms of their own work? Um, and, uh, they then submit that. Um, we had about 250 entries for all of our awards last year. I think the young people's category had, uh, 20 or 30 probably. Um, and so somebody then sits down and goes through the entries and tries to pick out the best examples, um, in their view, so that's when we work with BT in terms of um, sort of specialist knowledge, uh, and find a shortlist of, I think we had four last year, shortlist of four young people or groups of young people. Um, the judges then, we have a panel of judges who choose all the winners. So they, they are specialists in different fields, but once again, to emphasize that sort of collective uh, networking uh, part of what we do, they will then choose the winners in each of the categories. So. The four, with the four shortlisted finalists will be put to the whole judging panel, and the judging panel will choose a winner, and that winner will then be announced in uh, July in a Tech for Good Awards ceremony in BT Centre in St Paul's. Um, there's one other bit to the process which I think is worth mentioning, because certainly this is something that Arnav was talking to me about when I saw him most recently. All of the finalists, once we know who they are, that gets announced in, um, in the middle of May. So the entry deadline is the 8th of May, so a good couple of weeks still from now. Um, we then, once we know who the finalists are, we invite them to a special event at the, te- at the BT Tower. Um, and I don't know whether you've been at BT Tower, Mark, but it's absolutely brilliant. It is. I've, I've been very uh, fortunate. I've been there on a few occasions now with part of the tech literacy. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And that's just... I mean, if nothing else, it's one of the reasons people should enter, I think, because there's a chance to go up BT Tower, because it, it, not only do you get to go to the Tower, but you get to meet all the other finalists, and that's part of that networking thing. We've introduced this event in the last um, couple of years. I think we're on to the fourth or fifth time that we've run this now, because we realized we wanted to offer something really special to the finalists before it turned into the winners and all the other typical stuff that comes with an award ceremony. We've really worked hard at networking people together, joining them up and connecting them. We do speed networking. Um, we give them um, extra advice and support around what they're doing with their work through the specialists that we bring in to the networking event as well. So uh, again, I just want to emphasize that it's, this really is, although the winning is great, and obviously there's a huge amount of sort of validation and, and, and celebration that goes with the winning, actually being part of it and getting over that um, line in terms of becoming one of the finalists has been probably the thing I think most people have got something from over the course of the last six or seven years. Uh, I think uh, I think that's absolutely true, and I think also you, um, if you tune in for the next episode when we when I have my um, interview with Arnav, um, you'll you'll hear from list, um, from listening to him, and he's only ten years old now, and he was um, eight and nine when he was developing his product and then being part of the whole awards thing. Is it's actually the confidence it's giving him and the communication skills and the understanding of of socialising with everybody and, and, and it being part of a community. And, and I think that really comes across in that interview. So um, I think yeah. that really supports exactly what you've just been saying. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a, 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 a great example. But, you know, equally, the, the, the uh, three young men who came in from um, e-waterpay were saying exactly the same thing. Um, and they were the ones that won. There was a group of, of students who were doing the app um, called Connect, who were also finalists, and they were the same thing. And over the years, we've had all sorts of different groups of children involved in the process. There's been a Young People's Awards since the start. 
and, and all of them talk in the same way about those connections. And hey, it was great. I met this person. I talked to that person. Um, we one of our winners a couple of years ago. The, the special award was Raspberry Pi. We gave them the special award. Um, and uh, you know, all the kids wanted to talk to the people who built the built the Raspberry Pi. I mean, it was just they were the real celebs on the day. Yeah, of course. None, yeah. Of, none of the, none of the adults had any idea who the Raspberry Pi people were, <laughs> and all the kids had flocked to them and wanted to get their autographs. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is a great event for that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, if any if any teachers are listening to this and thinking it might be a little bit of work, but I think I've got a bunch of kids who could really go for this. I really we would love to see your entries. Um, and uh, there's so much here that they can get back by putting a bit of time and effort into their uh, application. Um, it's only five or six questions. It will take them a little bit of work because we don't want you know we've got to we've got to get information that we can actually judge the entry on. But um, it's not they're not trick questions. They just need to know what they're doing and. Um, why they think it's special. So. Fantastic. It sounds like such a brilliant thing and um, and I look forward to um, hearing more and, um, and and finding out the winners of, of this year's award and, uh, and following that up. And um, and I do also know that you have a podcast, don't you, which covers some of the awards as well. So if people want to tune in, they can actually listen and find out exactly what goes on later on in the awards. Is that right? Yes. And I, it might well be that we'll do a Young People special at some point. Um, it's a great way for us to share stories. I mean, Arnav is an, an obvious subject for... Um, he, he was featured in the last podcast, which we talked about digital health. He was talking about digital health with a man from a uh, hospital in um, South Devon that had won the Digital Health Award last year. They invented a, a touchscreen dashboard system for that they call My Ward, which enables people to keep track of the, the patients in a particular ward and their, their needs and um, for the nurses to have a more sort of up-to-date system for doing that. Um, and so, you know, you've got Arnav talking to somebody who invented that type of technology discussing digital health. Um, and that is, it, I, I've listened to that one a couple of times recently. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and, you, can, and you can listen to that through, through the website as well. So, that's so, on, there's a podcast button on our website. So. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So um, if you need to find out any more, if you go to educationonfire.com and, and go onto the show page, we'll make sure we've got all these links to the website and, and the phone number that was there as well and uh, and the podcast and all that stuff so that you've got easy access to everything in terms of listening to it. And um, and as we said, the, the, the deadline is um, the 8th of May, um, so you've got a couple of weeks to get all that all that together and, um, and, and get yourself sorted for those sorts of things. And um, it's been great chatting to you, Mark. Thanks so much for coming on and telling us all about it. It sounds like a really, really exciting thing, and it sounds like you're getting lots of people inspired and 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 tech is is just such a great thing as we've been discussing over the last half an hour or so yeah it's great well thank you for, for the chance to talk about it i mean as i say it's all about reaching out to all those amazing people who are doing great things and the more people we can find and connect up then the more that we're doing what we're what we're aiming for that's fantastic thanks so much thank you thanks Mark. thank you for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information, please go to educationonfire.com.